Welcome to the Apartment Rockstar Podcast. On this episode, Robert is a guest on the Matt Anisis Experience Podcast to talk about his journey in multifamily and why you should invest. Continue your real estate education journey and learn about how Uncle G gave Robert the roadmap to success. Welcome to the Matt Anisis Experience where we talk life, business, real estate investing, life hacking, relationships, and so much more. I'm super, super excited because I'm literally sitting at Rockstar Capital with CEO Robert Martinez. He literally just flew in from Grant Cardone's uh, Mastermind Real Estate, and uh, he gave me some time to be able to pick his brain a little bit. So, Robert, thanks again. It's Man, hey, a pleasure. thanks for having me. Sorry a little late. I just got off the plane, and we were running a little behind, so I apologize. But I'm excited to be here with you. Uh, no, no And welcome to, to our studio. Oh, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I'm really excited because if you guys don't know who Robert is, I'm going to have him just do a quick two-minute drill because I really want to give you... My listeners, some of the value from brand new real estate investors, from seasoned investors, but more importantly, just some tactical stuff. Because what you see here, if you guys know me, I've learned a lot from Grant Cardone, and this feels like I'm in Grant Cardone's office, but with Robert Martinez, where he's literally changing the game as well, right here in the Houston market. So if you can give the listeners just a two-minute rundown on who you are right now, what you're doing. Right. So, you know, I didn't grow up in real estate. I didn't, it wasn't in my world, wasn't in my family. My dad worked at Whataburger, which is a local fast food chain here in Texas. Uh, my mom worked at Levi's and then later Hager's. And both those plants were shut down and moved to Mexico during the NAFTA uh, trade agreements back in the, in the 90s. And so the only real estate that I knew of was the house that I grew up in little 1400 square foot house in McAllen, Texas. And so my parents stressed education because that's what they were taught to get out of the middle class world. So I did, I, I, I got good grades, studied hard and I went to Texas A&M University. I graduated with an engineering degree and I went to work in oil and gas here in Houston in a sales capacity. Uh, and if you don't know this, the sales guys, that's what you want to do. Those, those guys are the ones that make money. And so I went out there and I did that for 10 years. And in my last company, I was there with them for seven years. And we all went through two management changeovers, ownership changes. And what happens whenever there's an ownership change, whenever there's a management change, that somebody wants to come in and do it their way. Somebody wants to come in and figure out who's making the most amount of money and try to hack at that to show value, to justify their position. And so, of course, the sales guys look like they're overcompensated, yet we're the guys that bring in the money to keep the lights on. And so a couple of times this happens where they start monkeying with my commission plan and they start changing my territories and splitting it up. And these are territories, these are contacts that I worked really hard to you know, plant that seed in that relationship two, three years ago, and then harvest them over time. And they start to come in. Well, you know what? We're, they're not really new customers anymore. They're legacy customers. We're going to cut the pay plan. We're going to cut the commission. And uh, that happened twice. And I realized, man, the game is fixed. I want to get here, but my boss wants me to stay here. And you can kind of float up and down 10%, but you can't really make the big money. And I just like, man, is this how it's going to be? Is this really what corporate America is? And so I had an epiphany that I didn't have control of my financial future, which means that I was not going to meet my goals, you know, um, which meant that my, my kids weren't going to kind of, weren't going to go to the kind of schools that I wanted them to go to. I wasn't going to have the lifestyle that I wanted to have. I wasn't going to be in the house that I wanted to be in. And I wanted that control back. So I went out there and I started looking for alternate ways of, at first, subsidize my income. I looked at a coin-operated vending machine business. I looked at a laundromat. I studied up really good. It's a, it's a really heavy cash flow <laughs> yeah. business, right? Uh, and so you have to really understand what you're doing when you invest in something. Uh, I looked at a childcare facility. Uh, and in the end, I stumbled upon real estate. Um, I was in my car uh, going from sales call to sales call and I was listening to business radio and I was, uh, um, and so I was in business radio and I was, I was, um, 
listening to the guy talking. And after a few years of that, a couple of years of that, you're like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. And so I went in there and I, I uh, went to the free case study on Thursday. And then I signed up for the $500 boot camp uh, that week. And I learned sing- everything I wanted to know about single family. And I was sold on Saturday. I'm going to go be a single family king. I'm going to buy three, four, five, six rent houses, make $400 each. I'm going to I'm gonna show corporate America that I can make my money back and create a stream of income. Then Sunday came around. And Sunday was the multifamily investing. And that was the day that I learned how much money you can make in, 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 in uh, multifamily investing, how, how the magic formula works, how wealth creation occurs, and how none of this that was taught to me was ever taught to me by my parents who are my mentors, right? Your first mentors are going to be your parents. Yeah. Uh, or my next mentors, which are my teachers. Not in high school, not in, not in the university, not anywhere. I'm learning it from a guru who's teaching me this. I paid him $10,000 to be part of that club after the two-day boot camp. And I want to be part of that. And I got in that. And in that club, I met a partner. And he and I, over the next three and a half years, bought apartment yeah. deals together. We'd raise, uh, syndicate and raise equity. We self-managed, ran these deals. And we got the 2,000 units. 10 properties, and then life happens, right? You know, partnerships don't last. Everything has that has a beginning will have an end, um, and our relationship ended. And in 2011, I started on my own. I started Rockstar Capital, and over the next nine years, I basically left all the bad habits from the old company, and in this new company, I kept all the good that I wanted. And I did it my way, not having to share with somebody else and their ideas and their brand and what have you. And over the next nine years, we've accumulated... Um, uh, 4,000 apartment units worth $400 million. Uh, we're very good at what we do. Uh, we've, yeah. uh, we're recognized as one of the leading property management companies in the state of Texas. We've earned 17 city, state, and national apartment association Correct. awards. And the little feather in my cap is I'm the country's only two-time national apartment owner of the year. And so it's a blessing. It's am- amazing. But you know what? That's not enough of the story, right? I want more. Yeah. I want to get to the next level. And so... Um, I love doing these podcasts because this is where you inspire people. This is where you get a chance to network with people that you don't get to see right now. You get to meet them virtually yeah. and you can become a, a future um, um, contact for them. But I want to get to the next level. And so, as you mentioned, I just got back from Grant Cardone's mastermind where I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm the only one in the room that had more than 200 units. It's amazing. Which was crazy because I'm like, wow, I mean, I didn't realize how much I've done. I yeah. would just kind of grind and put my head down. Um, but I went to go see Gary Vaynerchuk a few years ago. I learned about personal branding. I learned how to stand up above the noise. Um, and then I was like, you know, I'm ready to go visit with Grant, Uncle G, and, Uncle and see what he's doing. And I realized he's not doing much different than what I'm doing. He just takes all of the excuses away, mm. and he just does. Yeah. And I've come back with just a fire. I mean, I literally got off the plane straight here yep. to do this podcast. When I'm done, we're going to have another hour and a half Man, meeting. Right. And, and we're going to talk about the strategies on how we're going to take our portfolio from $400 million to $4 billion. Woo! I, I'm excited. It's, it's, this is the beginning of the next chapter. Uh, thank you, Uncle G, for showing me the map. That's amazing. And Uncle G, I mean, ironically enough, I'm going to I'm gonna piggyback on that because I started learning multifamily from Uncle G mm-hmm. five years ago when he was just promoting it on his show without Cardone Capital. So yeah. I learned so much from there. And you said a lot of amazing things. So I want to kind of go back real quick on some of those things. One of the things is you were in sales mm-hmm. and you were in between sales call, you were learning, you were listening to business talk. So if you guys are listening to this, that is most important education. You have to continue to learn, turn off the TV, turn off the music and learn and develop your skills and sharpen your sword and be surrounded with people just like Robert that are doing things that are going to truly help you make a difference around you. But I want to go back real quick because yeah. I know a lot of question is people want to know, why single family versus multifamily? Well, I know my reason. I love to hear from you because you literally spent a day 
you were sold out on single family. Yeah. And then you literally switched it the next day, multiple times. Why would you do that? And for the listeners, why would you still recommend that if, if that's your recommendation? So everybody's at a different point when they find real estate. Some people have a lower net worth, some people have a higher net worth. Single family investing is a great way to get your real estate journey started. It's a great way to start wealth accumulation. You can put 20, 30,000 down into a, into a house that'll give you down payment, probably borrow the renovation money, and you can create equity. You can double down that money. You know, they take that 20, 30 and double into, you know, 60 or $70,000. Uh, and that sounds great, right? You're gonna make a bunch of money and you start getting cash flow. Um, what you need to do though, is that you need to sell it after two years, get that equity out, do it again, and keep doing it until you get enough money that you can invest in multifamily investing. Because multifamily investing is where the real wealth accumulation occurs. In multifamily investing, um, you are measured on your NOI. The NOI stands for the net operating income. So your total rents, Minus your, minus your total expenses equals your NOI. That number divided by a cap rate gives you valuation. So, for example, in a 100-unit apartment complex, a $10 rent increase across the board divided by the cap rate is worth $200,000. Hmm. $1 divided by a cap rate of six equals $17 of valuation. That doesn't exist in single-family investing. Mm -hmm. So you can buy a house and you can take on the responsibility of that but it's only gonna be worth what the comps in the area are worth. You could put granite, you could put the latest appliances, you could, you could turn it into you know, uh, um, Elon Musk's house, but it's not gonna sell for what he's paying for it. Mm. It's gonna sell in the range of what's in that neighborhood. In multifamily investing, you are measured on your own. You raise an NOI up, it's now worth this because this is a business. A single family house is not a business. A multifamily investment is a business. The reason why I know it's a business, because when you get financing, did you know it's not based on your credit for multifamily investing? Single family is. It's based on your own personal credit, your credit score, your bank statements. Multifamily investing is based on the, the, the worthiness of that business. So the biggest reason why you want to do single family is because you get monster, monster equity appreciation. But you got to have some money to play. Our minimum investment is $100,000. So if you don't have that, that's okay. People start in the single family game and they buy one, they buy two, and then they double up and they, and they double up and they double up and they double up. They buy and they sell, they buy and they sell, and you create your money. The, the second piece, which is very important, is that there are no real tax benefits to single family investing. In multifamily, you can use the tax laws to have massive depreciation through uh, the first few years of your ownership. You can actually show negative losses in your K-1. You can reduce your family's uh, tax obligation to Uncle Sam, but yet you're still bringing on cash flow. Yep. And these are massive, massive opportunities. Also, we're doing 2.6% interest rates from, from lenders right now. I mean, you're practically giving the money away. I was buying deals. I bought deals at 6%, I bought deals at 5%, which was the best at the time in the market. Right now, we just did a refinance Jeez. where we bought a deal in 2016. If you gave me $100,000 in 2016, we bought this deal, we pulled our money together, and we purchased this asset. In 2020, we refinanced it. We increased the valuation by almost $10 million. We refinanced <laughs> our cash out, and I sent my investors a check for $4.65 million tax-free during COVID. Break that down for some of the sure. listeners, because you said something like, if you got your money together, let's just say you gave them, a, they gave you a hundred thousand dollars, you just did that refi. Yeah. That individual or that maybe that group, maybe a, a group of best friends that 
put you know fifty thousand yeah. dollars together or make, put a hundred thousand dollars what kind of return were they getting based on that valuation yeah so said? let's think about it right that property cost 30 million dollars when we bought it it was a 276 unit property out on uh, the west side of town and you're fifty thousand and this guy's hundred thousand my four hundred thousand this guy's one hundred thousand we pulled it together and our down payment was somewhere with everything was the range of seven million dollars so this is the beauty of this you were buying a 30 million dollar business for seven million dollars Right, and it's gonna cash flow. The bank's gonna loan you as much money as they can. They want that's what they're in the business, and they're gonna give it to you at four percent, four percent financing on that deal was I think four point two percent, which at the time was a great, great loan in twenty sixteen. Um, so for seven million dollars, we're gonna own this deal, and we're gonna cash flow somewhere in the range of six to eight percent return. And we're gonna go, we're gonna go, we're gonna go. Then in year three or four. After we've raised the rents for three, four years, after we've optimized expenses like a water conservation program where we reduce the water bill. If we reduce the water bill, that's less money out of our pocket, more money to the NOI. If we add in brand new air conditions, that's less money we have to do repairing. If we add in uh, um, um, like LED lights, which again, power consumption, brings down our obligation, we get to keep more. So all those little things that you do, plus the rent growth, of course, gives you added NOI. That NOI gets remeasured again in year three, year four. We take it back to the to the banks. They reappraise it. They, hey, your property's now worth $40 million. We want to give you a new loan for 75%. <laughs> we take that 75% loan, pay off the old loan that was 75% of 30 million, and that difference is tax-free, and we give it to the investors. So our investors made, the partnership made 96% return from 2016 to 2020. Beautiful. They got a, four, a check for $4.75 million back. Tax-free. Tax-free. And they probably wanted to roll it in another deal. Yeah, because we have another deal right now. We have another <laughs> deal right now. So thing, many of like, them are rolling it all over. You know, it's a beautiful thing, the tax thing. So I always like to tell people when they start talking about their taxes or, you know, most people, they use a specialist. They use a tax professional accountant. I always recommend it because I think the last tax code was like almost four Bibles. Like it was very thick. Why would you want to do your own taxes? You Why would you try to figure it out? Have someone do that yourself. Another thing you talked about is your your first mentors, your parents. Yeah. I think my first mentors as well. I wanted to learn how to make money and do money. What was that transition like when you started to build your business? And I'm assuming you wanted to help your family. You wanted them involved in the business. Were they wanting to be involved? Did they get involved? What is that like? Well, the answer is no. The answer is no because they don't know anything about it. They're scared for you. When I got a sales job, out of college, my dad was like, wait, what? I sent you to Texas A&M, you have an engineering degree and you're gonna become a salesman? I mean, he's thinking I'm gonna do a door-to-door -door and sell vacuum cleaners and mm. Britannica, like, you know, encyclopedias or, or whatever. He didn't understand there's a world out there of sales. I went out there and I was selling million dollar pieces of equipment. I wasn't selling a Hoover vacuum cleaner, but that's what he thought, right? So when they hear real estate, like, wait, what? You're gonna go into debt? What, you're signing on a $3 million note? I mean, that's more money than my parents had ever made. And here I am signing on a note for $3 million and they're scared for you. So what's gonna happen is, your parents and your friends who are not doing what you're doing are going to be your limitation. Yes. Because you listen to them, they're your mentors, and your mentor is telling you no. Mm. You have to, over time, trade out your mentors and get new mentors. You also have to risk. When I joined that real estate club, I joined with a friend of mine. Actually, I showed up with him to the friend of mine, with a friend of mine, and we both sat in on Thursday, and like, this is awesome, it's incredible, but I'm gonna go do it by myself. I don't think I need to pay. I'm gonna go buy a single family house. I'm gonna I'm gonna renovate it myself and whatever. I'm like, well, no, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna get the education. He didn't want to pay the 500. He didn't want to pay the 10,000. And and uh, in the end, he wanted to buy a single family house. It took him longer than wow. what it should have to renovate it because he was trying to do it himself with his brother-in-law. And then 
during the time there was a market shift and he couldn't sell the house anymore. And it took him two to three times as long to sell it than when he budgeted. So when he finally sold it, he made minimal profit after all that work and that stress, right? He hit a roadblock and it stopped his role. It stopped his momentum. He never did real estate again. Wow. In fact, he didn't do real estate again until he invested in one of my deals. I went on to join the club. I went on to build a 2,000 unit portfolio and now I've built a $400 million business off 4,000 4, 4, units and he's not there. Mm. But he had every he had every bit the intelligence I had, he had, every bit the capability I had. He just wasn't ready to do the risk because he was listening to people that were not doing what he was doing, right? Because when, you know, when you're doing something that someone else isn't doing, it makes them feel bad. And their way, their defense mechanism is to stop you from making them feel bad. It's to stop you from talking about it. So if they talk, if you start talking about it because you're excited, right? Yeah. They, they don't want to hear it. Yeah. And that can hurt you and make you think, well, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I shouldn't be talking about it, right? Because my friends, my mentors, these are your closest friends aren't doing it. And you're starting to challenge yourself. But then if you change your network and I joined this real estate club where everybody wants to do what you're doing, yeah. my friends got replaced by these new friends. And next thing you know, you're encouraging each other. Yeah. Absolutely. So finding a network um, of like-minded people is very big. Absolutely. You know, you got to examine your five. And if you were the number one in that five, you got the wrong five. You got to get in a new five and you got to figure out in this five, where am I at? And you got to keep changing, changing it out. And you got to start doing the habits that they, that they are doing. Yeah. You know, I rode up today in the Bentley, but I didn't have a Bentley 13 years ago. I had a Ford, right? <laughs> yeah. I, had, I had a, uh, I had a Ford, um, expedition. Hey. Um, and, and, but you got to work for it. Yep. You got to work, 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 work. So when you have people that are coming to you for advice, they're seeing that Bentley. You're like, well, how, I don't have a Bentley. I can't afford a Bentley. How do I get to a Bentley? You got to be willing to listen to that advice. Mm. And that's very big because it's going to counter and go against what you've been taught your whole life. Absolutely. That's, pow that's powerful. So uh, next question on the business building. So you, yeah. you just talked about some amazing things. And if you guys, I hope you guys are taking notes. And if you guys are driving, listening to this podcast, please pull over because he's dropping fire or pause it for later. So when you built your second company, when yeah. you actually started Rockstar, what did that look like? Because, you know, syndication is a big thing. Do you guys, in my understanding, does Rockstar Capital essentially do syndication? Or are you just focusing just on accredited investors? What is that like? Rockstar Capital self-manages all the deals that I'm invested in. Okay. So all of our deals. And the reason why that happened is that back in 2011, when I joined the Real Estate Club and we bought our very first deal, in order to raise equity from somebody else, they required you to quit your day job. Mm. They required you. So I walked away from making a buck 50, you know, to make $36,000. And that was a massive, massive uh, um, uh, pay cut I took. But I did it knowing that I'm not going to be at this number for a long time. I did it knowing because I understood the magic formula. If I can take my sales ability and if I can take what I know, what I've been taught by, by professional salesmen, I can move this business and I can move the needle of this business and I can create hundreds of thousands of dollars. I put $200,000 in that first investment and I got it all back within three years. And on top of that, we were buying new deals, but I learned my lessons. I cut my teeth during that time so that um, later on, I'm able to teach the rest of my team what I want them to do. This is our business model. This is how we're going to do it. And so there's a lot of guys out there right now that are trying to syndicate. Basically, yes. hey, let's pour money together and let's hire somebody. But they don't know the first thing about multifamily operations. They understand investing. We all get invested. We all pay for a course. But they have never sat in that chair and dealt with the resident. They've never leased an apartment. They've never handled a work order. They've never been lied to from the renter who's saying they're going to pay. They've never had to go knock on that door. It's part of the game. And when you learn that, 
You learn how not to get taken advantage of. You learn the ins and the outs, the good and the bad, and you can teach that to somebody else. These guys that are syndicating right now, they're hiring third parties. They know investing. They don't know operations. And the key is the operator, mm. right? You back the jockey, not the horse. I can take over any property and I can make it sing, but not everybody can say that. And that's the secret of our success. That's powerful. So if I'm understanding correctly, you when you did your first deal, you actually became the property manager, leasing consultant, and then you started hiring you know, your maintenance crew and so forth? Yeah, so essentially I had a property manager there and an assistant. I basically became a leasing agent. I basically ah. had to start at the bottom and learn. I don't want any special treatment. I want to understand how does this business work? So I would learn that when a prospect walks through the door, I'm going to get up and I'm going to greet them. I'm going to walk them over to our desk. I'm going to pull them. At the time, we had like little cards. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. pull out my card. And I'm going to go through my script. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, how, why are you joining us today? Oh, I'm looking for an apartment. Really, where are you coming from? That's wow. important. Well, why are you not staying there? You're asking these questions. Right? Why aren't you staying? Because whatever they say, that negative, I'm going to turn that as a positive. Oh, my air conditioning is terrible there. Maintenance is terrible. You know what? We actually did a big renovation here. We just put, you will have a brand new air conditioner in your unit. What, what is your price point? And see, so you have to go through the script. You've got to understand how to lease an apartment because then how do you know if your team's not doing it right? Yeah. You're relying on somebody, the property manager, right? Yeah. First yeah. property manager, her name was Bertha. She was probably 48, 50 years old. She was making 45000 a year and she's 45 years old. Think about that for a second. She's 45 making 45000 a year. And this is no, no knock on Bertha at the time, but I'm not going to let her run my $8 million complex. I'm going to run my $8 million complex. I'm the guy signing on the note. I'm the guy that got the education. I mean, I hate to say it, but you're the smartest guy in the room, right? If you're the one signing on the note, yeah. the bank didn't give her the money. The bank gave you the money because you have business expertise. You've got something that they saw. So why am I letting somebody who's not making what I need, what, what, I, what I'm making or what I have in the bank to make all those decisions, yeah. right? But you got to understand the game first. Yeah. So as she learned, I'm starting to like, okay, hey, so why do we do it that way? Because your little warning bell goes off. That's not the right way to do it. Hey, why are you so mean to the residents, <laughs> right? Like, you realize they, they pay your salary, right? You realize the name of the game in apartment investing, apartment operations, is the renewal. Yeah. You make all your money when people renew. Because when people move in, hey, shit, they cost you $3,000, $4,000. You got carpet, you got paint, you got vacancy costs, you got marketing costs, you got commissions, you got a bunch of concessions, the move, moving specials. That's a lot of money before you make your money. You make your money on year two of that lease. Because mm. on year two, they will take a rent bump. And you have zero expenditure to keep them. Maybe a, a carpet shampoo, maybe a, a light, a light uh, touch-up on the paint, possibly a, a, an upgrade of an appliance, or you do a little something for them. But you're going to make a lot more money. You're not going to save. And if I just save three thousand dollars, let's do the math real quick. Yeah. If I save three thousand dollars because they didn't move out at a six cap, three thousand divided by a six cap on the magic formula, I just made my business fifty thousand dollars. Them staying for another year. It's fifty thousand dollars. That doesn't include the rent bump that they got, which you could, you know, you can add some more money for that. It's vital. It's vital to keep people, to keep heads in beds. It's very, very important. So we're very good at social media. We're very good at reputation management. We're very good at soliciting reviews and making sure that those reviews go online, mm -hmm. so that other prospects that are seen. Hey, people buy from from what other people are buying, right? When you go to, when you go to Best Buy, do you know what you want, or do you ask the sales guy? That's the sales guy. Hey, which TV? Which TV? Everybody is everybody buying. Hey, what's the what's the latest camera? Oh, you know, I don't know. And they and they and you know exactly. But they take you, oh, this is the one everybody likes. And all you want to hear, everybody's buying this one. That's all you want to hear. Well, it's the same thing here here in the apartment world. If you're going online to research you, and they are researching you, they're gonna to go to apartments.com, they're gonna to go to, to Yelp, they're gonna to go to apartmentratings.com, they're gonna see who you are. They're gonna hear what people are complaining about. And if your reviews are bad, 
They ain't gonna come there, but if your reviews are good, they're gonna come. So it's a great thing right? where, where you keep people happy, they say happy things about you. Because back in the day, reviews were dominated by people who were being upset. Yeah. The people who are being towed for parking in a handicapped spot, uh, towed for parking in the fire lane, who don't pay rent. That's what dominated. We, we would put our head in the sand like an ostrich and ignore the reviews until you realize one day, no, I'm going to turn this into a weapon. I'm going to make sure that I tell the story of, of my friend Matt who just renewed an apartment. Hey, Matt, aren't you happy you just renewed? Absolutely. Hey, would you mind doing a review for me? Of course. Sure. Now, if he's not going to do the review, if he's not happy... But here's my chance to find out why he's not happy and take care of that so he can go for the next 12 months and be happy. Hey, when you get a new apartment, aren't you happy? I mean, you, you're happy, right? You just chose this one. Hey, would you mind doing a review for us? You kill the negativity and you drown it out. Well, you get five positive reviews for every negative review. And that's the key to what we do. That's powerful. Man, that's so much nuggets right there. So one another thing I want to ask, when you, so you basically line itemed yourself in the business once you were doing your, your business, you became the property management, when did you know to start scaling team around you, to start to going after new deals? Like, how did, how did, were you saving more money to reinvest it, to hire new people? Like, what did that look like? Yeah, I'll tell you what, I didn't never imagine getting to 4,000 units. That was not my goal. My goal was to buy 1,000 units. 1,000 units would have been plenty. I would have made a few hundred thousand a year. I've been very, very happy with 1,000 units. But what happens is you start to realize, wow, the numbers are really good. And at the same time, I'm helping people. As we grow this business, I'm helping my team grow. You know, And so it just, it's just a, a process. You know, I'm, I'm building a business. I wish I could say I read a business book. I didn't. Probably, I probably could have done 4,000 units much faster. You know, If I had known then what I know now, I'd have 4,000 units in three years, four years. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe faster. But I didn't know, so I was buying one deal a year. One deal a year, one deal, small deals, 126, you know, 118, 104, 108, 103, 161. Right now we're doing 276. Now we're doing uh, 400, and, I'm sorry, yeah, four, 458. These are bigger deals because I realize now that you need scale. Mm. One of the big reasons why multifamily is better than single family is that if that renter lose a lease because of COVID or something, you're at 0% occupancy. Right. Yep. When you're at 500 units, you can afford some people to leave, and yep. you're still going to maintain really high occupancy. It's strength in numbers. You ever yep. heard the expression "too big to fail"? That's what happens. It's okay. I can lose a percentage, and I'm still okay. Also, you have to do all the work. Yeah. When you got 500 units, when you got 300 units, when you have 200 units, you can hire a manager. And the more units you have, the better quality. I'm not paying somebody 45,000. I'm paying somebody 70,000 or 80,000 because they're worth it to me. If they have a history of being able to stay full and take care of residents, well, doesn't all do when I make more money when my NOI is high? Yep. I'm going to make more money on my NOI if I'm at 95% versus at 90% versus at 85%. So why don't want why wouldn't I want to pay them fairly, pay them top of market because I'm going to make a ton of money. Yeah. Off of them, that paying them an extra ten thousand dollars is nothing. If they can, if they can keep one renewal, that made me fifty thousand dollars. Isn't that crazy? Think about that. They kept one renewal, that made fifty thousand. All I had to do to get them was pay them ten thousand more, <laughs> which they're ecstatic about. Yeah. But they made me so much more because they're better at their job than somebody else. And so that's one of the big advantages. You can hire a team. That's amazing. So that kind of leads my next couple questions and then we'll be able to wrap it up on, on this episode. So you talked about single family, multifamily. Now you're going to go to a bit $4 billion, yeah. I, I believe you said. Yeah. How are you going to do that? And why should our listeners go big? And how would you recommend someone that's just getting started to do that? Because 
with what you know now, you said you would go faster, right? Yeah. So how would you recommend someone that's just getting started, they have $200,000 saved to start in multifamily, whether it's a passive investor, whether it's an operator, what would you be your best recommendation? If they want to go big as well. Stop believing the bullshit excuse you're telling yourself for why you can't do it. Mm. You know, stop believing in fear. $200,000 gets you an $800,000 apartment complex. I mean, $800,000 apartment complex. And if the average apartment complex, let's say it's um, $50,000, say $800,000 divided by $50,000, that's a 16-unit apartment complex. You can buy you a 16-unit apartment complex with 200 units right now. And you can listen to what I'm just saying, all this free content we're giving you right now on changing out the air conditions, changing out the LED lights, uh, uh, water conservation software, uh, uh, the, the water conservation efforts, low flow toilets, low flow shower head, reducing down the expenses, increasing the NOI. 16 units, you can dominate. You can dominate really easy and take that 200,000. I promise you, you'll turn that to 400, maybe even 600,000 because you are playing in a smaller pocket against a less sophisticated person. You're playing in the mom and pop world. Yeah. And what happened with me in my life is that I stayed too small. I didn't believe that I could. I, I deserved four thousand units. I didn't. I never. It wasn't in my mind. Nobody put. Nobody gave me the idea. I can tell you. I came back from Grand Cardone. Uh, why aren't I at four billion? I don't know. I'm not at four billion today because the people that helped me start this business in the beginning didn't want to drive mm. to Clear Lake. So I'm like, all right, they didn't want to drive to the Woodlands. They didn't want to drive to Katy. So I didn't look there. I looked close to where they were at because I was dependent on them. When you realize that the people are your strength, but they're also your weakness, yeah. right? You start to change the game. You've got to lead. You're the CEO. You own this. So you've got to direct and you've got to push. I tell you what, when going to see Grant, there is nothing that stops him. There, he has no fear. Nobody's going to get in his way. And you either do it and you help me or you're not going to be here anymore. <laughs> and so, but back to your, your, your initial question, wouldn't it be cool to own a 16-unit deal? Now, you're buying yourself a job. I'm telling you that right now. Anything under 50 yes. units, you are buying a job. You're not going to have a property manager. You are the property manager. But guess what? That's where you're going to learn. You're going to learn if you have to knock on doors like I did. You're going to learn if when you get lied to you like I did. You're going to learn how to screen residents. You're going to learn that when somebody comes and looks at an apartment and you look at their car and inside their car it's packed full of stuff, <laughs> what does that mean? That means they're running. right? Who shows up at your apartment with like a hoarder type thing situation going on in their back seat? people who are just getting evicted and they want to see if you're a sucker that you'll let them in and you won't screen them. There ain't nobody that's 50 years old that hasn't lived in an apartment and says, oh, I have no rental history. Oh, that's not true. You're just not showing me rental history yet. You don't want to show me. Well, I'm sorry. I need to see your bank account. I got to show proof of income. It is a privilege to live in one of my apartment complexes. It is a privilege to live in my investment. If you put $200,000 in a deal and you own 16, you own the whole thing at 16 units, you're going to be very careful who you let into your apartment deal. Yeah. Right. So these are the lessons you got to learn. Right. And you'll out manage, you'll out, you'll, you'll, you'll out manage the competition. You'll raise an NOI up and you'll get to the, and you're like, you know what? I like this. I'm going to punch out. I'm going to get my equity. And I'm going to buy a 50 unit and get a little help from a manager. And I'm going to direct her what I can do. And I can keep my eyes on the business. Right. Cause you're either working in the business or you're working on the business. And it took me a very long time, maybe not until 2017, 2018, <laughs> not too long ago, when I realized I need to stop working in the business, work on the business, strategize, hire people, take less from my management, and bring in the best people I can. That's and when you do that, wow, the world opens up. When I went through, I didn't, Grant looks like he's all by himself doing this. Uh-uh. 
Grant's got a massive team there. I saw 20 people on his asset management team, you know, from the controller to the investor relations guys to Ryan Seco, who's his right hand, to uh, uh, um, um, the asset manager. He's got 20 people there that are taking care of those investments. It's not just him saying bye, bye, bye. You know, he, he's got people there and we do too. So that's the thing is you, you once you get a little scale, you will get larger yeah. and you need to realize, okay, I don't really need that extra money. I need about another 40 hours. And I want another 40 hours. And I want another 40 hours right now. Um, you've got to think big. Like right now, I've got Natalie in the room. I didn't, Natalie's not a part of apartment operations whatsoever. But Natalie is part of our branding and our content creation. Nat, um, Natalie helps us get attention because money follows attention and attention follows money. And if you recognize that, you're going you're gonna to need to have a personal brand. You're gonna to need to have somebody to document what you do and then promote it out. Then you got Caleb out there in the in the room who's a Google SEO master. I didn't have these positions five years ago. I didn't even understand them. We didn't have real websites before 2015. Wow. You know, so it is a it is a uh, um, gradual uh, shift. I didn't have the as I mentioned before when we were talking earlier the business maturity to understand that I need that because I thought too small. I thought a thousand units. I mean, if you're at 16 units, you're thinking a thousand units is awesome. Man, I was asking you, but I'll tell you what, in that room, I was the only person with 200 units or more, which means everybody in there has no units or only has very small units, and they see Grant, they're seeing what's now achievable. But at the same time, they had me in the room, and they're watching, wow, that guy's not where Grant's at, but look where he's at. Yeah. I, I, can, I can reach him. I can get to him. So, yeah, I was the most popular kid in school yesterday. <laughs> Amazing. And, again, honored to be here. So I'm going I'm to ask kind of a, a, a pivot question. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. what your thoughts I, are. I'm good, man. We what got are time. your thoughts on short-term rentals? Do you have any at your apartment <laughs> complex? I know that's been a, a, a little mini piece to our business in the past um, for operators. And I actually learned it from GrowthCon a couple years ago. Ty was one of his speaking engagements, and Grant was started implementing. So what are your thoughts on that? I love short-term rentals. We have a, uh, a, sh a short-term rental part of our company. Oh, wow. Uh, Airbnb, where we advertise on Airbnb. We advertise on VRBO.com. And we dedicate one unit at every apartment complex that we have. I think it's not everyone, but it's like nine or ten. Wow. And we lease them out on a short-term rental. And you'd be surprised. If you were by an airport, if you were by anywhere where there's a hotel, there is a need. There is a need for a short-term rental. And if you do it right, you can stay leased up 75, 80% of that month, and you'll make a monster premium. Most of the deals that we're doing, we're seeing two or three times market rent. Powerful. Right, let me, let me put that in perspective. If one apartment brings in, let's say our average rent is $900. After expenses is 0.5, right? So 450. If I can lease one more apartment a year at 450 times 12, that's $5,400. Divided by 0.06, I just generated $90,000 more for that apartment complex than I would have if it was just rented by somebody for 12 months. Powerful. So you, you like it and believe it. So you guys implement it. We the reason I ask that because I know some of our listeners are short-term rental operators and they're they're looking to get into that space. So do you have any advice for maybe the operators that maybe they don't own apartments, but they're maybe trying to build relationship with owner operators to maybe create a system? What, what I, do you I think, think on I that? think there's a lot of things that you're not going to think about and you need to pay to play. Uh, we, we took a course, we paid somebody to teach us this. Um, we learned there's a lot of ins and outs when you walk into that, into how you promote it. 
how you show the picture. You're thinking, oh, I can show a picture. No, 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 no. There is a process. There's a little science, a little art art to this, right? That on how you present the pictures, then when you walk in, you have all the important numbers, you have reviews, you have a lot of, there's a lot of aspects to this on what you have in that short-term rental that you're not even thinking about because until you go into it, you're not making the mistakes, right? So do you wanna make those mistakes or do you wanna pay somebody to teach you the mistakes that they made so you don't make them. Mm-hmm. So the same thing happened to me when I got in the apartment world. I, I couldn't have bought an apartment, but if I did, I would have made a lot of mistakes. Joining the educational club taught me that, taught me what I needed to know. We actually have, I don't know if you know this, we actually have our own educational um, um, company. It's called theapartmentrockstar.com. You can go and you get you can get coaching. We have a level 101, a level 102, level 103. You can also get personal, personal mentorship from me, and I'll help you buy your first apartment deal. One of our students, he's bought his first deal, 40 unit deal. We helped him find. He's now going through due diligence. That's amazing. But you got, but he said, dude, this is the best money I ever had because I would have sat here for a year looking at this deal, trying to underwrite it, and I would have been kicking tires, and I never would have committed to it. But I knew I had you right here. I knew you were going to not let me fail. I knew you were going to show me what I didn't know. And I can always ask you questions. That's how I have a deal right now. And I'm like, I really appreciate that. That's so amazing. that's what you did. You got to pay to play. Why do I pay to go see Grant Cardone? Because I want to learn. I want to learn what I'm not already thinking about because he's 16 years older than me. He's at $2 billion. I'm at $400 million. If I want to get to $4 billion, I better listen to the guy that's at $2 billion chasing yeah. $10 billion. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, last question. It's not real estate related. If you weren't doing real estate, what would you be doing? God, gosh, I have no idea. You know what? I don't need to do this. I I, I have made enough money. Uh, my net worth was $800,000 when I got started in 07. I was very blessed. Today, it's it's a lot. And and uh, I'm very fortunate. Um, so I don't do this for the money. I do this because I love it. And I'm so in love with it. I have my children and I have this business. And I'm in love with this business. I mean, you can see that. I hope you see the fire Absolutely. in the passion. I literally got off the plane and I couldn't, I wanted to come straight here and share because I didn't want to lose one second of what I, what I was exposed to. And I wanted to go share with the rest of the team because I think that gets them going. They need to, they need to be led like that. They need to be inspired. They need to, to see where, where they're here for. But I'm so in love with what I do. I can't even imagine doing that. I don't have high, I don't play golf. I don't want to learn how to fly, fly a plane. I, I just want to run my apartment deals. When I go on vacations, I want to have the best vacation I can. I want to fly first class. I want to stay at a nice hotel. I want to be catered after. Uh, so I, maybe I'm playing for the lifestyle, but I, this is just for me, man. This is me to see if a kid from, from the Valley, you know, from McAllen, Texas, you know, with no real estate background ever can come in here and really light it up and change the world. It's so great when I see messages from my friends on Facebook that knew me, whatever, and they're also like, well, how are you doing this? And it's like, I just committed, you know, something Grash said to me, he's like, if you don't have imagination, then you're not really committed. Mm-hmm. You know, you're cheating yourself. And I, I didn't have the imagination to think that I can get the 4,000 units. It was a thousand. But once I got there, I'm like, wow, I'm here already. But I never had somebody say, hey, get the 4,000. In fact, Grant challenged me. He said to me, he looked right at me and he said, I need you to get your portfolio to $4 billion. Because when you're at 4 billion and I'm at 12 billion, we can partner together and we can sell the Blackstone and make Ooh. for a monster payout. And I started thinking, Wow. Yeah. I need to be inspired like that. You know, Gary Vee wants to buy the Jets. Grant wants to sell the Blackstone. And now I want to make sure that Uncle G knows that I live in my community and I get the $4 billion. That's amazing. And that's the value. Yeah. That is incredible. Well, guys, you guys just heard it from the man himself. If you guys aren't already doing it by now, go follow Rockstar Capital. Go follow Robert Martinez. And again, thank you again hey man. for being on the show. Hey, thanks for coming. I'm happy to have you here at the Rockstar oh, Studios. Man, it was a, a, a blessing and just incredible. You were ball energy. And I can't wait to continue to learn more from you and yeah. really just to be able to maybe 
make a little bit of a dent towards that four billion because again this this business is a fun it is fun and it's not going anywhere too you know one of the things that we didn't discuss was you know what survived covid tech companies right Mm. netflix amazon but you know what where are you watching your netflix in your home yep where are your packages for amazon being delivered in your home you can't buy an apartment complex on amazon you can't protect your gold and your silver and your food and your ammo unless you got four walls and a roof. Apartments survived COVID. Yeah. Our investors didn't miss a distribution check. We got a big refinance event. Apartments survived. Apartments are damn near indestructible right now. We just survived the biggest pandemic this, this that anybody living has ever seen. And we're still at 96% occupied. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So get involved in real estate, everybody. Do it. Thank you for listening to the Apartment Rockstar podcast. If you're interested in investing with us, please go to rockstarcapital.com. Want to educate yourself in apartment investing and syndication? Go to theapartmentrockstar.com. This has been a production of Rockstar Capital.